0: Hey everyone and welcome to this week's Racing Mentor podcast. I'm Toby Trice and I'm here with Jess Shanahan. Jess, how are you?
1: Yeah, I'm really good, thanks Toby. How are things going with you?
0: Yeah, really good. Busy, super busy as always. Um, I think every week I'm on here we've <laughs> seen about how busy I am but busy is good. Making really good progress with uh, sponsorships. I'm actually in negotiations now with a new sponsor. Um, hopefully that all comes off and that's looking all pretty good at the moment so that's good. Very um, exciting yeah definitely how's everything your way
1: yeah like also busy but only because I'm I'm getting set up to um, employ someone which is a big deal uh, for me and my business I, I don't know if I'm allowed to do an official reveal yet but um it's someone that a lot of you will have met at events so um yeah uh, I'll I'll be doing like a you know a big like you know welcome to the team kind of video or something once she's joined the business but yeah it's just been a, a case of like setting up project management systems and doing like a little hustle for clients for the jet social like content side of my business and as a result I've got a ton of new clients uh before I've even brought someone on board so I'm just trying to juggle them at the moment and get everyone on boarded but yeah it's it's exciting times and despite uh I guess a recession that we're in now so it feels extra scary, but I'm also extra proud of like the work that I've put in.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, for you, what recession, right?
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs>
0: um, I, like we've been catching up quite a lot lately about what you're up to, and um, yeah, wow, Jess, it's so impressive, and it kind of, <laughs> it kind of just amazes me with what you're achieving. You know, short space of time, you've got an idea, and you go to town with it, and then yeah, the results you bring in is amazing. But um yeah i'm super excited to see this reveal obviously i know who that is yeah um
1: (laughs) i think everyone has probably guessed by now
0: yeah maybe a little bit obvious but i think it's a good choice and um yeah i'm super excited for you and so proud that that you're making that step and thank you yeah good luck with the future
1: and thanks yeah (laughs) um right should we jump in with some fun facts
0: yeah let's go um you shoot first yes
1: okay so Toby once bored the brakes of a Fiat 500 during an Italian road trip through the mountains.
0: Yeah, that was interesting. It um, <laughs> was petrified, bless her. <laughs> um, Jess's fun fact is that she once drove two cats to Sweden because their owner couldn't afford to fly them out. I mean, that's pretty heroic, Jess. I mean, fair play. That's a good one right there. <laughs>
1: I'm, I'm definitely like a cat hero. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Mega. Well, we all love animals here. Absolutely. I that know. was a
1: great road trip like I know we're, we're not we're supposed to like just say the facts and move on but that was one of my my favorite road trips 19 hours just driving these two poor kitties across Europe
0: <laughs> yeah that's pretty cool like uh,
1: we got some strange looks on the ferry um, yeah. between Germany and Denmark because <laughs> they weren't so. allowed to stay in the car they had to come out
0: <laughs> oh, so random did you have on leads
1: <laughs> no they were just in boxes okay. but the 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 word kitty is universal like everyone was just going kitty i was like yes we have cats
0: <laughs> sounds That's, hilarious it was fun <laughs> brilliant um well this week's podcast um is absolutely your bag jess and um, this week guys we're talking about side hustles and ways to generate income on the side of your motorsport business just to help support you and just to help kind of prop up your financial position and, and that helps free up time and and all the good stuff for, for racing yes this is your absolute bag you're like the queen of side hustles um and your experiences which we'll go into are vast and varied and you've had lots of success and unsuccessful stories so it's quite fun to share these today but um just for the viewers that are listening and not sure what a side hustle is can you describe what is a side hustle
1: yeah so a, a side hustle is typically like Something you do at the side to make money. So for some people, it might be painting and selling that on Etsy. For other people, it might be buying and selling cars. There's lots of options here. But yeah, typically it's defined as, I guess there's two ways. It's something that just makes you a little bit of money on the side. Or for a lot of people, it's something that you start um, as a business on the side with the view to grow it into something larger. So it's often done alongside a full-time job. And actually I started my business as a side hustle back way back when I was working for a marketing agency, I was doing SEO writing work as a freelancer and that's kind of where my business came from. So um, a side hustle can always kind of like develop into something bigger, but I think it's, it's a really good way to supplement your income or even to make sponsorship levels of of money to, for, for racing.
0: Yeah. And I mean, I started my racing journey um, certainly the business side as a side hustle. Um, it's now, almost a full-time thing that I'm doing. Um, and I'm actually looking to explore what side hustles I can do alongside that to complement my racing. Um, so it just it's quite interesting, actually, because how a side hustle can be from just a side hustle, just something small that's just there to help out, just, just build a bit of finances and stuff, can end up being a full-time thing. <laughs> Not all go that way, and some stay as side hustles, but um, it's just good and fun to explore what your options are because – I think that exploration is definitely what allows you to kind of see what you enjoy, what you don't enjoy and what can be fruitful for you and what can't. And it's, I think that exploration is really good and you've definitely done lots of different things in the past. So um, have you got any kind of ideas of what you've done in the past that perhaps may not have worked so much or other things that are still working for you?
1: (laughs) Tons. Oh, I've, I've had so many failures. So let's start there. So um, even a couple of weeks ago, I wasn't, fancying a day of work so I decided to set up a drop shipping store and realized it's not as easy as all the youtubers make make it out to be um so for anyone that doesn't know drop shipping is where you set up like an e-commerce store um to sell products but you don't actually hold any stock so when you get a sale you then order it wholesale to go straight to the the person that bought it meaning that you're not having to worry about warehousing or like where you're going to store all this stuff but you can still make money selling products and people have been doing it for years on like Amazon and eBay. Um, but with sites like Shopify, um, which links into a drop shipping thing called a burlow, the tech is there to do it and make it your own brand as well, which means you can kind of elevate it make it look a bit more slick than maybe what some other people are doing. Uh, so you can put a higher markup on these products, but it takes a lot of work to build a brand as you guys know. Um, so that there's the whole building the brand, getting ahead head around Facebook ads, doing social media, all of that kind of stuff you have to put into doing a dropshipping store. And there are some great YouTube videos online on like how to, like the products that um, you might choose, but also like how to set up a store in 24 hours and start making sales. And that's kind of the process I went through and made zero sales. So I think I'm just going to close both stores that I did. I can see that it would work. I just don't have the time at the moment to, to put into it. So that's, that's kind of like one thing that hasn't worked for me. Um, what else have I done? Uh, I think that that was, that's the big recent failure. I mean, there's all sorts of stuff where I've been like, right, I'm going to start, you know, getting, I guess like being a, a road trip journalist was kind of a side hustle while I was running my agency. That kind of evolved so I wouldn't say it was a uh, an unsuccessful side hustle because it evolved into future of mobility journalist after I did an electric road trip um so it kind of you kind of have to follow the flow sometimes because you'll see where the demand is for the thing that you can offer everything else has kind of been mildly successful i would say yeah. i did uh, when i was running my fashion blog i did set up a like a health consulting service that I didn't really know what I was doing back then. This is like 2010. And it was like, I I want, I I did a nutrition qualification and I wanted to give people like nutrition and health advice off the back of like this profile that I'd built as like a health and fashion blogger. Um, but again, I didn't really know what I was doing and just kind of fell by the wayside for stuff that had like more success more quickly. Yeah. So, and the the stuff that has worked racing mentor started off as a side hustle. Hell yeah. How can I help these racing drivers that I love so much do this thing that they don't know how to do? I'll do that alongside running an agency. And I wrote a book that overtook my life. um, And here we are. (laughs) (laughs) But I mean, I I would say it's like the perfect side hustle because it now kind of runs itself. There's a lot of, you know, me being present and me doing marketing, but as, as far as selling products goes it pretty much runs itself and even if I don't do anything for a month it still makes that nice residual income which I think is what a lot of people kind of want from a side hustle um yeah
0: definitely and I think the fact that you've just used like your interests um exactly because you've you've kind of done this exploration over quite a long time you know 2010 10 years ago um I'm sure there's other ideas that you've sort of popped up in and out from that time but um the fact that race and mentor was a side hustle at the very early days but it was something that your passion was about to help solve a problem that exploration has led you to have you know a full-time business I mean race and mental's massive now and the yeah. huge and yeah look where it's got to but if you didn't have that exploration back then and you thought about this idea and you followed your heart and your interests then I wouldn't be sad yes so thank yeah. you <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> well, and I think with with like side hustles there, there is a lot of trial and error but I think when I started there was a lot less information out there on it Hmm. so I was just kind of like I know I need to productize something so I I, you know I obviously tried productizing these like health plans and I tried productizing uh, website building services when my agency was a full service agency Um, and it it never quite worked but now there's so much information out there just like this podcast that will talk about things like selling digital products is the way forward because they really are hands-off and people want them um you know you can get information on like how to price them how to market them you know how to find a niche all of that kind of stuff so it kind of makes it a bit easier now but there is still like an element of trial and error of like what you enjoy doing and how much time you want to spend on it for the return involved
0: yeah for sure and and that's something that you know i'm i'm trying to now find an explorer a sort of side gig to help cu- complement my my racing um and my finances so I'm very much at the the birth of this as alongside my racing journey, mm. and I think it's exciting and interesting. You know, there's lots of opportunity out there, and I think what is the the sort of corporate world of um, just a job um, side hustles actually can be quite fun. And the fact that you're more free to work is kind of what I like, especially yeah. while I'm a racing driver. I kind of want a bit more freedom rather than bound to a nine to five. And yeah, it's certainly worth exploring because, like you you don't know what opportunities you're going to create for yourself and where it's going to go. So super exciting, but let's just talk about um, how do you go about creating a side hustle? Cause that's, you know, that's quite a big mm. thing, right? Is um how do you do it?
1: Yeah. So I, I actually coach people on this. So I coach racing drivers and just f- freelancers or people in jobs who like, even outside of motorsport who want to do this, because I think that having multiple income streams is so, so important because if one disappears, you've still got a backup or two or three mm-hmm. or four. So um, I can run you through this, Toby, if you want. You can answer if you feel comfortable. But I, I start off by asking people like what their main interests are. So like the things that really kind of get you excited. I think everyone listens this podcast will be like motorsport, obviously. Racing. Yeah, racing. <laughs> yeah. um, so yeah, start by asking people their interests. And even if it's like really obscure, like maybe once you went, I don't know, potholing. I don't know where that came from. But yeah, maybe once you went caving or potholing and, and you realize how much you love it, you know, is there a way that you can explore that? Yeah. Um, so it doesn't have to be the thing that you do every day. Um, maybe you used to love painting or baking or something like that, but don't get a chance to now. Well, there's still things that could kind of, you know, be part of this. So do, So don't just think about the thing that is really obvious to all of us like I would obviously say motorsport and cars as well um but it doesn't have to be that um do you kind of have any ideas on that Toby do you have like interests that you've already been thinking about that could kind of feed into your side hustle
0: yeah I mean I guess um yeah going back to before racing I was a photographer and I love photography um I love road trips as you know um anything to do with kind of imagery and video and all that kind of stuff is what mm. i absolutely adore and i suppose i suppose in some respects you can call my youtube channel a new side hustle because if yeah. i can get to a point where i monetize it which is my goal um then that's going to support my racing and my finances in in a really clear way and it's something that i really enjoy because i can link the, the love of motorsport and i really love photography and videography so mm. i really enjoy the video edit inside and i've learned all these skills to to do it so i suppose you can call my youtube channel a, a current yeah. side hustle
1: absolutely yeah and after interests i then ask people what they're good at yeah so these are the things that you might be better at than the average person but you don't have to be the expert necessarily if you are great so for some people that might be uh toby tell me what you're good at you're good at communication talking to people
0: yeah um as i know on this podcast i've said before i'm terrible at writing so I, i originally looked at um affiliate marketing through blogs um and i'm i'm teaching myself how to write better so i can be more efficient and and better at writing but i'm yeah i'm good at just chatting to people that's that's my that's the bit i love i love meeting people and chatting to people and with regards to like like videography and photography i feel like i'm really good at that but because i've spent the last 12 years doing photography that's maybe longer um so i've got good over time and and that's a, a sort of trade that I that I love and, and adore. So I feel like I'm good at that sort of stuff. Mm. Um, but okay. yes, yeah, it's, it's good to, it's obviously good to look at, you know, those sort of things.
1: Yeah. And like, and then the hard question comes in, what do you think people will pay for? And you can drill this down into f- like four areas. So like um, something that has high demand and a high price, that's obviously like the golden area, mm. um, high demand and low price low demand, low price, don't go there, low demand, high price. So you can start combining your interests and your expertise and like plotting them almost on this little like you know cross-shaped graph with like these four different areas. You can put where each goes and you obviously want to go for the one that um, is in, is as close to high demand like high um, price Yeah. or high value. So for you, Toby, like, just with your interests and expertise, you might, you know, you might write down a list of things that looks like, you know, doing photography training um, in person, doing photography training online, creating little photo downloadable guides. Like, where do people pay for those? Maybe that's because I'm a photographer. Um, but literally, the, like, printable guides or even downloadable PDFs that have all the settings that you need to do a certain kind of photography, mm-hmm. which might actually work quite well for you considering that your your expertise is in film photography like if people want to get into that that's actually harder to get into than digital photography which kind of almost does it for you
0: yeah and yeah analog photography is super super niche um yeah it's a proper trade like um for those you've not seen my photography I, I shoot primarily on an old 1980s Hasselblad um the camera that went to space um it uses old film that i have to keep in the fridge and that bugs my partner because it's usually full of uh (laughs) full of rolls of film (laughs) um but yeah it's it's super niche you know it's a proper process i have to you know there's a lab that i use and it's really you know it's not just much as like click 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 and you Mm -hmm. download onto a computer and you get the images um i have to wait two weeks to get the pictures back and um yeah it's a cool process Mm -hmm. but yeah that's something that's um that's worth looking at for me for sure. Yeah.
1: So, and, and just using your examples on that kind of scale. So like um, analog photography training online uh, might be in the low demand, but high value. Yeah. So you could get more per one, even though there'd be fewer of them. Whereas something like just training people in digital photography or selling those sheets would be high demand, but low value. Mm. So you might sell more of them, but lower price. So that that's kind of how I go through think like side hustles with people and you know you can do this with every single one of your interests every single one of your expertise so I feel like I'm not going to get any training work now to teach people to do this so I've just basically done it on here here. (laughs) um so so that that's kind of how I train people to do it and I did this when um so I'm in the process of setting up another business because I'm side hustle queen oh can that be my new nickname um, I'm gonna add that to uh, my yeah. Instagram bio. We'll call you, we we'll call you that. that. I'm happy. To that. <laughs> yeah, I mean I uh, I guess it was the end of last year, I wanted to do something that serves freelancers. And again, it comes from a place of I wanna help people. I had tons yeah. of success as a freelancer and I kind of want to teach this. So I was I was looking at okay, I want to teach this, but how can I do it in a way that's gonna be uh the most beneficial to students, I guess. But it's also going to make me the most money with the least effort. Mm. Um, Because if I do it that way, then there's going to be more money to plow back into the business and I'm actually going to be able to spend more time on it. Whereas if I went for something really time consuming, I probably wouldn't get anywhere. And I came up with this idea for VIX Collective, uh, which was another reason that I'm bringing um, a member of staff on board because she's kind of going to kind of take charge of this. But it's going to follow the same kind of um, business model as Racing Mentor, but it's going to be in a a higher demand area, just for freelancers, mostly women who are um, just looking to get a bit more kind of financial freedom. Um, But I went through this process, I'm like, well, what am I good at? I'm good at teaching, I'm good at hustling, I'm good at creating, you know, extra income streams, all of that kind of thing. And um, I thought it was, you know, this all kind of came together in a way that made sense to me, just from my interests and from my expertise so um i do this myself all the time i didn't do it with the drop shipping thing though so, which is probably why it fails
0: yeah and it just shows the importance of um what you're good at and what your interests are um because yeah. you know when it comes to a side hustle i think there's lots of um youtubers and other people out there that are trying to influence you to do side hustles because i think they're a good thing to do but they make it sound easy mm. um but everything you do does require some level of work at the start to get it to a point where it becomes almost like a passive type income. Yeah. Um, but following something that you enjoy and love whilst also using the skill sets that, that you've got that are good will only mean that you'll just make a success of it. I think if you follow something just because it's going to make you money, it might it's probably not going to work because you just haven't got that kind of love for it. Mm. Um, because let's not forget, when you're doing a side hustle, you're usually doing it on the side of your main employment um or you're already quite busy with with work and maybe sponsorship and racing and all that kind of stuff um so this is actually quite a lot more to ask initially because you've got to then explore these ideas and, and follow it through um you've got to love it to to kind of warrant the time that you're going to put into it at the start to, yeah. to reap the benefits later on so um yes probably while the drop shipping thing didn't work so well yes maybe because yeah. it wasn't just it wasn't your bag right
1: yeah, and I did it, I did, I tried two avenues, I tried beauty products, because beauty was like my thing many years ago, and then I tried like a, a smartwatch for hiking, and it wasn't actually made for hiking, but I gave it this spin, to give it its own new thing, and I thought, oh, just can't be bothered to build a new brand, like I've got brands that I'm building, I need to not get excited about doing that, and I think that comes from, I love building brands, um, yeah. So actually, maybe there's a a side hustle in just building. I mean, it's not a side hustle. It's my actual job. My actual job is building brands for people in, you know, the more social uh, world of things. Um, But I think I just I just wanted to kind of take that and do something for myself when actually, no, I've got a job that builds brands and ticks those boxes for me. So I didn't really need to do it somewhere else. Yeah. So let's talk about the types of side hustles there are, because I think this can really spark ideas in people especially if they're now already starting to think about interests and expertises yeah so um as you guys know i'm a big fan of selling digital products just because they take so much work up front um and i'm not gonna tell you that it's zero work afterwards either but if you put in the work up front you will reap the benefits later on for less effort Whereas, if you're selling physical products, the effort is spread out. So, I guess it depends on how you like to work. Where I'm definitely the kind of person that would just want to give it my all for a week, maybe two weeks, maybe six months, give it my all, and then kind of sit back and then just do like low level marketing or something just to keep things ticking over. Whereas, I know other people would rather do a bit every evening. So, um, in the first case, in the case that works for me, it's digital products is great because I can. I can spend a lot of time, I can work long hours to create a course or to write a book or to write an ebook or maybe to put together a load of downloadables and you'll see this in the racing mentor business model. There's obviously a lot of courses, books and downloadables. I'd rather spend that time making the best product I can that's going to help people and then I test it, Um, we get results from it and then that's when I put it up for sale so it is actually a lot of work. It's not just like I go you know what, I'm going to do some more templates and they're up for the next day. It's a a really long process. But it means that once they're kind of up, the, the marketing is quite natural. It's just, you know, the usual social media, podcasts, videos, going on TV, all of that kind of stuff to, you know, hanging out at racetracks, meeting people, the stuff that I love.
0: And at the core of that, like those digital products serve your purpose of helping people. Exactly. Um, you've put all the effort in the front because you've got, right, okay, here's a problem. This is how I'm going to solve it with this product. Mm-hmm. And then once you've made it, um, you've just got to market, like I say, you've just got to market it to show people how that does solve the problem. And hey, Are you've.
1: Yeah, exactly. Made. And there's um, a really great website called Gumroad. Right. And it's a a place where people sell digital products, um but it's like, it's also its own marketplace. so you don't necessarily need to spend a lot of money setting up a whole brand. If you can create just one helpful thing, people will buy on there. And again, you might have to do a little bit of marketing, maybe write some you know guest posts on blogs and stuff like that. but um if you just want to kind of test the water, create something that you know maybe you have a I don't know, a a worksheet that you look at for uh, something that you do in your job that you know could be improved. I don't know um, what that might be. That might spark an idea for someone. But maybe you have something that you refer back to that you wrote for yourself. Maybe it's like a blog post outline. Maybe it's something to do with calculating something in your job. If you could better that or make it something saleable that will help people that's not really already out there or that you're putting a new spin on it, Just you know, spend a few hours just kind of making it good to go. Stick it up on Gumroad for like five dollars, ten dollars, and see what happens. Because you can kind of test the water in that way. Um, And then if it blows up, then you know maybe it's time to create a whole brand serving the the kind of audience that would buy that thing.
0: Good shout! (laughs) That's a really good shout. Um, I've never heard of that. So yeah.
1: Yeah, I keep thinking about doing it like because this Vix collective like freelancer site isn't quite up and running yet. I thought, well, I've got like a money mindset course. I've got a couple of downloadables, like a content calendar, all that kind of stuff. I was thinking, do I just shove those on Gumroad just to see what sticks, what works. Mm. So when the website does come, I then know not to waste time with uh, products that aren't effective or aren't as helpful as I think they are. So, and that's obviously kind of different to selling physical products. So, um, Let's say you buy and sell cars or maybe you create art, um, or Toby in your case, maybe photography. Yeah. That's an ongoing product creation process. So you can still do the work getting set up to have a shop or whatever it is, but there is like a, you know, every evening you'll need to do something. So whether it's going out and looking at a car to buy and sell, whether it's, you know, putting that car onto Facebook Marketplace or Gumtree or, you know, your own e-commerce website however it might work for you there is this more kind of ongoing thing and that actually works better for some people because they don't like that i need to slog for six months before i get anything you can buy a cheap 300 quid car and sell it for 400 quid you've made 100 quid profit um it might be that easy i don't know i've never sold a car if it is why am i not (laughs) doing that (laughs) next (laughs) you're gonna see me advertising a car for sale just try it out um
0: jess's dealership
1: (laughs) I did think about it once upon a time, but I don't have the, like the mechanical knowledge. And I think when you're buying and selling cars, you need to be able to go, "Mm, this is a bit creaky or this is doing that. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to be able to sell it on or you can go, yeah, mate, I'll take that off your hands for 50 quid. It's clearly broken. You then go fix it and sell it for a thousand. So I think, you know, when you're looking at your interests and expertise, if your interests are cars and your expertise are, you know, the mechanical, you know, workings of cars um then obviously buying and selling cars kind of makes sense absolutely so yeah with with any physical product there's more of an ongoing thing of like even if you're you're creating art you have to sit down and create the arts and then get on like etsy or shopify or wherever you might sell it but once you've kind of created a piece you then have a digital like a digital print that you can sell there is obviously still the process of printing that out but you do kind of like limit how much um work there is involved after you've done like the initial art. So that could be um, for anyone who's creative, that could be an option. Teaching, if there's something that you know how to do way better than anyone else, teach it. might be guitar, it might be basic um, mechanics of a car. Um, I know a lot of a lot of racing drivers obviously they're working on their cars. You know you could even teach racing drivers how to do the basics of like looking after a car they've bought or like converting a road car to a race car stuff like that um obviously I realized that I was great at sponsorship and no one else was so I thought I'd teach that and the same with like the freelance side of things like uh, teaching journalism teaching side hustles all that kind of stuff I'm good at these things so I like to teach them and help people kind of you know so I can pass on that knowledge
0: yeah and that's a unique skill set on its own isn't it um teaching is an amazing tool if you've got it in your bag then yeah use it
1: Exactly. You know, I that it's not like it's just as easy necessarily as like setting up your camera and talking into it. Like I did a life coaching uh, and mentoring course. I have watched a lot of other people. I've done tons of research and I'm, I'm going to go on and do a, a more official teaching qualification at some point as well, just yeah. because, the, the, you know, this is what I love doing. And I'm, I'm always learning. So uh, don't, don't think that you, you, well, some people can, but don't think you can necessarily just set up and start teaching something and be successful. Again, there's work that goes into it. Um, you could like side hustles could also be a more traditional business as well. So it could be, you could start a software startup from, you know, your home office and just like slowly plug away at coding something that will change the world. You don't necessarily have to quit your job to go and, or, or even quit your racing to go and start a business. You can start a business in the smallest way and and see it grow. Yeah. Um, so if you have that small idea, and you know it can be creating a product, it can be teaching. These are all business ideas. But you know, if you think oh, I want to create an app that does this thing that I realize would help people, or if you want to create, you know, a physical product, maybe it's like you know a car part or some technology that will help with the future of mobility this shows where my headspace is at right now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> can't stop thinking about that. That You know, you can, you can start a business. Um, so d- don't think that a business necessarily has to be like a big thing that you uproot your life for. It can start, you know, in the evenings when you're on your laptop watching TV.
0: Yeah. And it's not a case of like chucking loads of money at it, is it either, you know, just, no. just some time, some thought and, and just kind of just being, strategic in the way that you're trying to do it, it can really help elevate these ideas and um, make them a real thing
1: yeah absolutely I feel like this is going to be a really long long episode because I'm still not <laughs> done talking about ideas but I'll, I'll try and <laughs> I'll try and kind of run through these really quickly so um, blogging back in 2009 to probably about 2012 blogging made me a ton of money that was really the heyday of affiliate marketing and sponsored posts before kind of a lot of the rules changed. And I know you mentioned this, Toby, but like um, using affiliate marketing within your blog posts, even the ones that you do for your racing, um, or if you have another interest, maybe start another blog. Basically, if you have lots of people who trust you and come to your website, you can recommend products. And when they buy products, you get a small cut of that sale. It's really easy to do through Amazon, but there's tons of websites out there that will um, have affiliate uh, campaigns set up with your favorite brands as well. Um, so that might be something exploring if you do have a blog, especially one that's um, well-read. Dropshipping, we've mentioned, I don't really have anything more to add to that other than it's a lot of work but the payoff can be massive and I'd recommend going on YouTube and looking at some of the tutorials there, they do make it look easy, it's not easy but it is something kind of worth looking at and another thing to kind of mention with dropshipping is you can find companies that will light white label products for you. So they'll stick your stickers on it to make it look like yours. Now another failed business idea. I wanted to do this with tea uh, and I wanted to create a brand called tea total tea. And I, which I've copyrighted by the way, everyone, I still might use that. Uh, I wanted to white label tea products. So they'd still be drop shipped, They'd still be sent from someone else, but they'd have my brand on it. And the whole concept behind it was, yes, we sell tea, but it's for people who don't drink. Because like whenever I'm not out and I'm not drinking, I want a cup of tea. And everyone's like, that's really weird. It's like 11 p.m. and we're in a club. I'm like, yeah, but well, I we really want a cup of tea. So the idea was to create tea cocktails um, and iced teas and stuff like that. But um, it was really hard in the UK to find a supplier who would white label. They were all in China. And I didn't want that kind of shipping time for people that bought from us like 30 days shipping to get some tea is just not acceptable so i kind of had to put that off to one side so that that is another option if you're drop shipping is that you can white label and white labeling actually works for anything so there are a lot of um companies out there that will use your brand but they'll provide the service So for example, I run a content agency, but back when it was a full service agency, we didn't do SEO, search engine optimization, but we white labeled it to another company. So they basically stuck the JetSocial branding on everything. They use our email addresses, but they just did the SEO. So it can make you appear a lot bigger than you are. So if you're already doing something, you know, maybe you're buying and selling cars and you want to add servicing in there, white label someone else's servicing, Um, put it under your brand sell it all through that you know however it is that you sell your cars and kind of go from there and obviously you pay that person but you add a small markup on top of it to make some profit
0: sounds pretty cool to be fair I've never actually (laughs) thought about that that's that's fascinating
1: yeah a lot of people do it like they just say yep I'm now a marketing agency never do any work I'm sure it happens in other industries never do any work but white label everything and I actually think that's a great idea (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah it's very pro- it can be very profitable I suppose because yeah. um yeah kind of work eff- effort versus reward is quite um yeah it's quite so scalable. If, you,
1: if you're good at the sales side of things and you can be your own business development team you can then just go right I've got someone um who you know they need branding and some copywriting and this and then you just uh, outsource it to freelancers or to small small agencies who are happy to white label
0: hmm. Pretty, pretty exciting right but yeah. all of these all of these sort of ideas and and these sort of journeys that you can put yourself on to to you know add income to to what already you've got um to support your racing and and, and onwards but all of this stuff's just really good just to develop really good business acumen as we spoke before it's a really important tool to have or a skill set to have um, in order to succeed as a racing driver because a you need to be really good at race on track but you also need to build the business around motorsport um to, to gain sponsorship and and return on sponsored investments um but having all these sort of skills behind you and side hustles can help you learn these skills if you're struggling in that field that only then complements your racing tenfold right Jess?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think the reason that I'm so good at sponsorship is because when I started, started, you know, like really focusing on doing it for, for 8 Racing, I had already been a business for a number of years. So I knew what it was like to pitch and to market and to set up a brand and to, to kind of get yourself out there. I'd worked in PR, so I knew how to go and get press coverage. And, you know, you can actually all of those skills are stuff that you would use to secure sponsorship, but also to promote um, a business as well. So if you can't really nail down what your product is as a racing driver, maybe you should look again to your interests and your expertise and focus your energies on creating a side hustle that could bring in the same amount of money, but it's more lucrative because you understand it more. Um, And I'm not saying, you know, just leave the racing mentor family and never talk about sponsorship again. (laughs) Um, but it, I, I do think that sponsorship isn't the only way to get money to go do what you love doing. I think it's, it's important to, to have this conversation around, you know what, you you can make money by, you know, setting up things, um, that purposely make you money without like kind of the, um, the sales, et cetera, of sponsorship. If that's not what you're good at.
0: Yeah. And that's it. And that's what this is all about really Jess, isn't it? This whole episode is about kind of exploring, um, yeah what you're good at what your interests are and how you can monetize to go racing because that's mm. why we're all here we want to go racing <laughs> so it's yep. super important to, to look through that and i think that's some really good advice good advice there jess
1: mm. um so i just want to touch on two more things before we go to our driver of the week the first is don't be afraid to fail every time you start something and it doesn't work out you have learned an important lesson so do not feel disheartened as i've said during this episode i've tried so many things that have not worked, but so just looking at this drop stripping thing that I tried to do a few weeks ago, I, in that time, have learned how to set up Shopify, how to kind of look at products and assess whether they're right for the market. I've learned how to do Facebook ads, uh, which I'd previously struggled with, but I actually put a lot of time and effort into kind of learning. Um, I've learned a bit about influencer marketing as well, what works and what doesn't. So every time you work out what like, isn't working for your business, or any business you know how to make yourself more kind of better and efficient in the future so a failure is not a bad thing and I always say this in in any walk of life if you fail at something that's not bad that's good you've learned something and you're now a better person
0: yeah and that's that's really important yeah that's a massive mindset thing right there Jess um too many people are worried of failure or it not working etc um but the journey to that point is what you actually pick up along the way and what skill you learn and, and how you educate yourself and um yeah the fact like you said you just gave a prime example you've looked at this dropshipping idea it hasn't worked but what you've gained off the back of that is now going to help elevate you in in other ways of of your life form so um yeah don't be afraid to frail give it a go and Mm. see where see where it takes you
1: absolutely um and the other thing the last thing is uh, if there is a conflict of interest between your side hustle and your job you need to be really careful so if, if you're in a job where you have a contract, look at your contract really, really carefully to see if you are allowed to do these things. For example, if you're a mechanic for you know a, a big dealership and you're doing mechanic services on the side, is that allowed? Because if it's not allowed and you get fired, that could really screw things up. And um, I kind of did this. Um, I When I was oh, no. working for a, for a PR <laughs> agency, I sat up Jet Social, kind of in the background with the view that if I got any PR work, I would um, refer that to the agency I was working for, but I didn't tell the agency. And they found the website and they got upset with me. Um, And I didn't get fired, but I did leave very shortly after that. All on good terms. And I did refer them PR work. But you just have to just think about this stuff. There is a connection between what you do at home in your spare time as a business and your job. So if you need to have conversations with bosses or read your contract or maybe even go to a lawyer um, just to read over your contract to say if there's a conflict of interest, you should you should do that because you need to be careful. But um, it might be that actually your side hustle is completely separate to your job. It's nothing, not, not even in the same industry. Again, still be careful. And with every business, there will be some kind of clause that says you're not allowed to like solicit work from clients that you work with in your job so definitely don't do that that is a big no-no and could get you fired even if you don't have a contract um so just bear this stuff in mind
0: yeah and don't be using your kind of employees time um to do your side hustle make sure it's in your own time as well because that's yeah. uh, it's quite easy to sort of work on your side hustle while you're at work maybe not doing so much during the day and you've decided, okay, I'm just going to do a bit of my side hustle. Like, yeah, just be careful with that respect and do it in your spare time. Do something that doesn't conflict um, your, your employee's interests um, or potentially even your sponsor's interests um, and explore your ideas and what you're good at and enjoy it really. That's the the key bit.
1: Um, Another fun fact about me. I've also done this. I've also done (laughs) side hustles (laughs) in a job when I was very, very young. I was like, 19 maybe um the one of the employees called me and she's like what's this i'm like uh just something else i'm working on she told the boss um (laughs) again i left quite quite quickly i hated that job which is why i was not doing it actually i did a good job for them but i I just had other interests i wanted to music industry stuff so yeah i i basically then left and then when they gave a reference to my new job they said the reference was satisfactory. I was like, okay, shit. <laughs> but um, yeah. So yeah, that, that's a really good point to make. And again, you know, they, they are failures of mine. Like I screwed up in jobs and I think that, I mean, it's a good kind of um, indicator that maybe employment is not for me and I should be doing my own thing. Cause I'll just do it anyway. So yeah, think, think about how, how you, Operate and how you like to work because if you find yourself thinking about other stuff during your full-time job, maybe it's time to just take the risk and you know take the leap into the thing that you really want to do. Yeah, um, which you know is scary and probably not always the best advice, but I did it and it worked out.
0: Yeah, I mean that's the thing You've t- you, you took a risk and it's paid off. Other people mm. do take that risk and it doesn't pay off, but um, like me, I'm in employment um, and I'm doing my racing if you like as a side hustle um but i've got an agreement to do that which allows me to to do both together yeah. um but i've made sure that i've covered the basis that i'm doing it properly to start with so um unlike in your early early jessy <laughs> <laughs> um uh, you know i'm not at work working on my sponsorship it's all done in my own time mm. um and i get plenty of days off to go and do what i need to do in, in my mm-hmm. sport and and the race sponsorship so that's you know that's fine um but don't be doing it at work because it's not it's not a sensible idea. Yeah. Um, Pick particularly your boss will get upset. Yeah. Hundred percent hundred percent. Um but I think today's been quite interesting, Jess. It's a little bit different mm. away from kind of race and sponsorship. Yeah. Um, but for sure, I think it's good for drivers to look at other ways to generate income um that may not directly go into the, the motorsport pot, but it may allow them to have more income that allows them to potentially their the job and, and then get more time to do motorsport. Um, mm. but there's, there's so much you can do. I mean, there's the, the world out there right now is a bit strange because of the pandemic and, and where we're at, but that doesn't mean to say that there's opportunity out there for you and, and you've got your whole life ahead of you. And I always live in like, don't regret anything. Um, mm. I don't live in the what ifs. I literally, if I've got something I'm interested in, and I, th- I think I've got the skills for it I usually just throw myself back and, and just enjoy the ride and see where it takes me um and I think that's that's kind of me I just like opportunity and, and making the most of my life so yeah I don't know if that's any good advice for this this podcast today, Jess, but it's super interesting to see what what you've done um there's some things I didn't know about you there today that I've <laughs> had been quite interested in but you know th- this whole kind of journey of life has been you know it's about learning and finding what you're good at and what you enjoy and if you can then monetize it um even better
1: yeah absolutely and i I would love to hear from you guys who are listening um about your current side hustles things that you've been thinking of doing whether you've been like thinking on this on for a while and you want a bit of kind of direction go post in the racing mental sponsorship community on facebook because I love talking about this kind of stuff. So I'll definitely kind of give you some, some pointers as, and some guidance on what to do, what not to do, how to develop your idea, that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, go, go pop into the group, um, join if you're not uh, joined up already, but yeah, just um, post in there and, and we'll have a chat about side hustles.
0: Sounds good. Sounds good. Shall we get onto our drive of the week? Yes. Yes. Um, we got a awesome young lass um from across the pond today uh jess if you want to introduce her because you've introduced me and i think uh she's awesome (laughs)
1: yeah so um addison roger um i've been following her on instagram for a little while now and she is so cool like i aspire to be this cool and she's only seven so she's um a seven-year-old dirt racer um over in the u.s um she is an ambassador for um shift up now um she has done like so much cool stuff but what i really love about her is the way that she uses video on on instagram so she does like tiktoks and stuff but she's just got such attitude i almost said attitude there and her her instagram is bad addison racing and you kind of really get this like this this vibe from her she's just so cool so um her account is run by her mum. Um so well done mum. Um so yeah big shout out to Addison um super cool kid doing amazing things um across the pond. Um so I'm really happy to have you as a uh, driver of the week.
0: Yeah and I think um, I've just I've been browsing her, her profile for for a little while followed her for a couple of weeks or so and uh, Jess, she's actually on brand. Um she's got uh, the the mentor pink hair. <laughs> She's got which is which is also right. Um but no, I think um I think like, you know, for her, for someone her age to have that much kind of sass and you know, she's got a really cool profile of what she gets up to and it looks awesome. I think I think the whole kind of dirt cart racing versus the tarmac stuff we do over here, um, is actually quite different to, to watch and um mm. she's she must be the coolest kid in school at, you know at her school. Like, yeah. <laughs> the cart is awesome. Um it's like, I mean, I've, I've, I've watched lots of oval stuff before and, uh, you know, my uncle sort of grew up racing ovals and um, I've, I've never really watched the oval carton scene out in America in terms of the, the dirt karting. And uh, I think I watched something on Netflix not that long ago and she reminds me of, of that episode that I watched and um, it just looks so cool. But yeah, fair play to her. It's great to welcome her to the club and congratulations addison um still be, carry on being awesome <laughs> and uh, we look forward to following your profile and do check her out
1: yeah absolutely so just um she is bad addison racing uh on instagram um if you go to the show notes for this episode you'll find uh links to where where you can find what she's doing as well awesome so thank you everyone for tuning in to this slightly longer episode, um, of the racing mental sponsorship podcast. Um, next week we're going to be talking about YouTube. So, um, please subscribe, maybe leave a, a review if you've liked this, but, uh, until then we'll see you next week.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much for tuning in and, uh, we'll see you next week guys.